High Adventure. Tonight, Ron Evans tells us a story of disaster entitled Night Alarm. Well, I'll just have to stay behind this evening and finish. The lists will be on your desk first thing in the morning without fail, sir. Yes, sir. Goodbye, sir. Still, it's got to be done, I suppose. Hell, Jenny's not going to like it. <sighs> Good afternoon. Harrison Lighting, can I help you? Yes, by not getting annoyed with me. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to be finished until about, oh, nine this evening. Well, as long as you're truly sorry about it, I'm not annoyed. Is something wrong? No, no, it's the stock taking. Uh, yeah, old Humphreys wants it finished. There's no way out, I'm afraid. It's not the end of the world, Stan. It's tomorrow night, you know. Well, it's not as easy as all that. I told you Sandy and Vera were coming down from London this weekend. Well, I arranged to meet them on the pier at seven tonight, the same time and place that I'm supposed to be meeting you. And you want me to go and tell them you can't make it? Well, better than that, you can meet them and spend the time till I arrive at the amusement arcades. Oh, or go and watch the Pierrot show. I hear it's not as corny this year. I can think of better ways of spending my time than watching a Pierrot show. <laughs> well, maybe. But it'll be something new to Sandy and Vera. You know, the real seaside holiday atmosphere. Have you looked out of the window today, Stan? Oh, I haven't had time, love. Why is it raining? Cats and dogs. And there's a gale to go with it. Hardly the weather for a night on Selkirk Pier. Oh, I shouldn't worry about that. You'll be undercover. Look, I I'll see you at about nine. Is that all right? Nothing very unusual about that conversation, you might think. But that was what started a chain of the most terrifying events ever to hit the English seaside resort of Selcombe, which is situated at the mouth of a river leading up to a major port. It was 1949, and at the time I was master of a cargo ship, a Fort Beldarn. We were heading up the mouth of the river at the time Stanley Perrin phoned his girl Jenny. The weather was foul, to say the least. There was no pilot available till the ship had passed Selcombe. In those days, there was no radar on most cargo ships, so good visibility was essential. At half speed, we nosed into the wide river, picking out the lights as we passed them. I'd done it many times before, so there was no cause for concern. At 8.30, I was on the bridge with the chief officer, Mr. Harding, and the third officer, a young chap whose name escapes me. 
That's Angel Port Light on the port beam, sir. Good. We'll be coming up to Selcombe soon. Five degrees to port. Five degrees to port, sir. The wind's increasing. Aye, it's a real northwester. Sparks got a gale warning an hour ago while you were down below. That doesn't surprise me. I'd say the wind has gone from force eight to ten over the last couple of hours. Two more points up, it'll be a hurricane. A hurricane? Here? Yeah, there hasn't been one in my lifetime, but it's not unknown. <laughs> That's cheered me up no end. <laughs> Well, the odds are a hundred to one against it, Hardy. It's not worth worrying about. Petty more light. Let's see. One long. One, two, three short. One long. Aye, it's petty more. Well, we're a bit close in if it is, sir. Yeah, there are sandbanks showing there at low tide. Helmsman, ten degrees to port. Aye, aye, sir. Ten degrees to port. Steady she goes. There she goes, sir. Visibility's getting worse. Aye. The gale wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for that damn rain. Go and see Sparks get his latest on the weather. I'm damn sure that wind is still increasing. And so it was. For the first time in my life, I received a hurricane warning on the British coast, brought about by freak conditions. And once we were in the river, there was no way of turning about and heading back for the comparative safety of the bay. Meanwhile, Jenny had met up with Stan's friends on Selcombe Pier, a long wooden iron arm that stretched way out into the river. It had been built at the turn of the century, originally to serve a ferry. But since a bridge had been built in the late 30s, it had now become a place of entertainment. There was a theater at the far end, and this was flanked by several amusement arcades and stalls. As most of the area was roofed over, the pier was in use all year round, in and out of the holiday seasons. I've won eight free games on the pinball machines and one and threepence on that rollerball thing. <laughs> <laughs> if Stan takes much longer, I'll be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time since I played a pinball machine. At a penny a time, I don't mind waiting. <laughs> You'd better show Sandy how to win those free games, Jenny. Even the pennies he's losing, Mount up. <laughs> <laughs> don't be so stingy, Vera. Three bob's not bad for an hour's fun. <laughs> There's a little pub at the back of the theatre if you'd like a drink. I bet it's the first place Stan looks. We don't drink. Oh, I see. Oh, well, uh, back to the pinballs. Jenny? Hmm? Stan, can you, can you feel the way the pier is shaking? Yes. Yes, I've noticed that. It's the storm outside. Well, is it safe? I mean, are we going... <laughs> it's been safe for the last 50 years. Don't worry, it's only the waves and the wind. Visibility is now down to about 200 yards, sir. We're wallowing like a cork in a busy paddling pool. I never experienced anything like that in a river before. I think I'd better reduce speed to slow ahead. Tell the third officer to sound the whistle at 30-second interval. Aye, aye, sir. Helmsman, five degrees to starboard. Five degrees to starboard, sir. Right, steady as she goes. Steady as she goes, sir. 
I'd say it's a great night to be wrapped up at home in bed. Well, that's a nice thought. Better still, a nice warm fire and a steaming mug of cocoa, eh? Huh. Should be coming up to Salcombe now. What time is it, Hardin? Uh, ten to nine, sir. Still no sign of Riddleton Light yet. That's funny. Well, with this visibility, we'll be lucky to see Riddleton at all. Lights on the bow! Lights on the bow? Well, what the hell is that lookout up to? I can't see a damn thing. He did say lights in the plural, didn't he? Aye. That's Starkey. I'll bet he's been making his own booze again. It'll be Riddleton he's seen. I'll go far to... No, wait! He's right! Look! Like Is that a barge or something lying right in our way? Barge be damned! Aren't it? It's Salcombe Pier! Stop engine! How the hell did we manage to get here? No time to worry about that now, man! Tide's on flow. We'll have to go astern. Helmsman, hard to port! Up the port, sir. We're going to hit it, sir. One of those damned engineers doing down below. Don't know you yet how to reverse that blessed engine. We're slowing down. Well, not enough. And that wind of our stern isn't helping. Call the men out of the boat so they're after four feet. We're going to hit that pier with one hell of a wallop. Four free games in a row. <laughs> Heck, Jenny, where'd you learn to do that? <laughs> well, Sam might not be the world's best lover, but he's a dab hand on these machines. <laughs> he taught me. <laughs> Why don't you have a go? Yes, all right. <laughs> I hope you don't get him addicted to these silly things. He's already got a mania for flying kites on Chapley Common. Oh. Honestly, we've been married three years, and I'm still waiting for him to grow up. Don't take no notice of her, Jenny. She's in a narky mood. I'm not. I'll deal with her when we get back to the hotel. <laughs> Now, what was it you said I had to hit first? That light at the top, the one marked 50. If you can bounce the ball off its left-hand side... Right. Oh! 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 Bells, what's happening? Something's hit the pier. We, we'd better get out of here and see. Look at the way those people are panicking. Come on, Sandy, let's go with them. Wait, Vera, don't get excited. They're fighting to get out of the doors. Let's wait until the way's clear. about to topple over. It won't. Like you said, this thing was built to last. Oh, the way it's shaking right now, it's not going to last much longer. Okay, the doors are clearing now. Let's go and see what's happening. We hit the pier at its narrowest point, sheared right through the superstructure, and then the keel grounded on the stone foundations and brought our forward motion to a jerky halt. Seen outside was like a nightmare. At the moment of impact, I'd seen several people stop and stare in horror as the ship bore down on him. Too late they ran, only to be hurled down into the boiling foam. Our bow had sliced through the pier's center, cutting it cleanly in half. This meant that everyone at the outer end was trapped. The engine strained to pull us back from the rock foundations, and a few moments later, with a grinding of tortured metal, we pulled free.
as my ship hit. Young Stanley Perrin was stepping onto the pier to join Jenny and his friends. He instantly took in the horror of the scene, and after getting over the initial shock, he sprinted out as far as possible. My ship was just pulling out as he arrived there. He looked helplessly from the ship to the jagged hole which now separated the two halves. Already, panic-stricken people were arriving at the other side only to gaze with horror at the 60-foot gap that cut them off from the shore. Behind Stanley, other people were arriving from the promenade. Nobody seemed to know what to do, yet something had to be done, and quick. The outer portion of the pier was rocking and grinding under the fury of the hurricane, likely to collapse at any minute. The screams of those who'd fallen into the sea had already stopped. There was nothing that could have been done for him anyway. A man in a shabby blue uniform stood close to Stan, and the young man went over to him. Have you got anything to do with the pier? I'm the pier master, but what can be done? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Look, are there any life belts, ones with ropes attached to them? No, there are plenty, but they wouldn't be no good in this. If we could tie some of the ropes together, I could climb down one of the stanchions and try to swim to the other side. It wouldn't last a few seconds, mate. The sea would smash you against them chancels. Look at it. I've never seen anything like it. I'm ready to give it a try. Can we get some of these people together and join the ropes? You must be mad, mate. The other end of the pier's going to collapse any minute. See the way it's rocking. You don't know that for certain. Now, come on. For heaven's sake, Vera, keep calm. <laughs> We're trapped, Sandy. Nothing can save us. Stop talking like that. Jenny, are you all right? I'm trying hard to keep calm, but it isn't easy. Help will come soon. See all, all the people on the other side? They'll have given the alarm. The police and fire brigade will be arriving at any minute. Yes, 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 the firemen could put a long ladder across the middle. Well, I doubt if they'd have a ladder that long. They must have other ways of dealing with an emergency like this. The ship has stopped. It was going backwards a moment ago. But the captain will be trying to turn the bar around and head into deep water. Fool must have been blind not to see the pier. Ships aren't like cars, you know, Vera. They take time to stop and turn. He probably saw the pier, but it was too late. You're right, Jenny. The ship has stopped. I wonder why. What is it, Mr. Hardy? We're fast by the stern on a sandbank, sir. Sure as much. Now we're in a fine pickle. Yeah, we might have to be towed off. Ah, the tide's still on the flow. Lift off before I tight. Put the engines on standby. Aye, aye, sir. We could pull free by steaming full ahead, but I was smashing back into the pier. So all we can do is wait. Yeah. Did the crew manage to save any of those people who fell into the water off the pier? The current swept them away too quickly. We had a damage report from the second mate yet. Aye, sir. A lot of bow plates damaged, but uh, none is shipping water. Well, that's a relief. Those survivors on the far end of the pier are in darkness, look. Get Harold and Bassie to beam the eldest lamps on him. It'll assist any attempts might be made to rescue him. A pity we can't do more than that to help. Well, the lifeboats will be no good in this. He'll be launching a smash to splinters against the pier. Howell, get the eldest lamps and shine them onto those people. Now, come on, make it snappy. Uh, I was thinking, sir, it might also help if we switch on our cargo lights. I do that. Limits our own visibility, but it doesn't matter now. Aye, sir, that's an improvement. Yeah. Well, must be at least 50 people trapped on there. I can see lights at the promenade end of the pier, several of them. Must be the police and fire brigade. Oh, lad, you can't do that. You're going to kill yourself. 
sure as eggs is eggs. I'm a good swimmer, I tell you. Nobody, not even Johnny Miller, can swim through that lot. Wouldn't make the other side. Even if you did, you'd never have the strength to climb up. You and these other people just hang on tight onto this rope. Look. That's right. Now, that's all I'm asking you right. to do. Now, look, here's the police. Leave it to them. No, not likely. By the time they've made up their minds what to do, the other end of the pier will have collapsed. Now, come on. Hang on tight. All right, then. You're Nick. Hey, you. Take a turn of the rope round that railing. Thank you. Good, I was seeing you. I hope. Well, you've got guts, lad. I'll give you that. And good luck. Perrin climbed some 20 feet down the crisscross strut. He had to hold on with all his strength as the wind tore at him. And then he launched himself out into the swirling white water. Piermaster gazed down in an attempt to see him. The rope went slack, tightened, and went slack again. For several agonizing moments, it seemed as though Stan had succumbed to the water's fury. And then the rope tightened again, pinpointing Stan's position. He was clear of the pier's stanchions. Now, with the scene illuminated by our lights, we'd seen him climbing down. Harding shook his head. I did too, I think. After all, it seems such a futile attempt. Oh, no, sir. Will you look at that? That's a suicide if ever I saw one. Yeah. See the way all the people are looking down at him. Well, he must have a rope attached to him. With any luck, they can haul him out if he gets into difficulty. If? You mean when he gets into difficulty? Uh, I'm a good swimmer, but I'd sooner swim the Atlantic than try that lot. Ah, look, the police are there now. And there are more lights on the promenade. That'll be the fire brigade, I expect. Oh, out on this ship, I feel so damned helpless. If only there was something I could do. I can see the rope through the glasses, sir. Where? He's made it. He's, he's clear of the stanchions. Here, give me those. Let me see. Yeah. Yes, but what's he up to? Why? Well, he's going the wrong way, man. Yeah, I can see him clearly now. He's swimming away from the pier. Well, the poor blighter probably can't see. They, they should haul him back in. Perhaps the current's too strong for him. Ah, damn it, he's going against the current. He's swimming towards us. Towards us? What would he be doing? He's trying to swim to the ship, Mr. Harding. I'm sure of it. Well, why? There's no point. Get the bosun to lower the pilot ladder on the port side. Come on, man. Don't stand there staring. I think the people on the pier were as puzzled as we were. But soon there was no doubt that the young man was making for the ship. Some of the crew dropped life belts into the water and let the current carry him towards him. But it seemed an age before he came close to one. And then I saw him clutch it. Then the men started to haul him in towards the foot of the dangling pilot ladder. The bosun went down the swaying ladder and helped him up to the deck. A nearly exhausted young man was brought to me up on the bridge. I've got him, sir. Here he is. He wants to speak to you. Are you the captain? Yes, I am. Hold it. 
Mr. Harding, get a shot of rum from my cabin. Oh, and get one for me while you're about it, will you? Aye, aye, Captain. Well, lad, I thought you were going to try and swim to the other end of the pier. Well, what good would that do? It'd take hours to get all those people across to safety by rope, and there's simply no time for that. Look, the outer section's going to collapse any minute now. Could be right. You're the only person who can do anything about it. And as you were the one who rammed up here in the first place, you have got to do it. Well, me? Now, what can I do? I only wish I could... I've had a better chance than you to look at the damage that you've you've done. The upper part of the pier is almost exactly the same shape as the ship. The gap in between, I mean. The, The other thing, your main deck is at exactly the same level. Well, don't you see what I'm getting at, Captain? Oh, I don't, lad. Not right. Well, the only hope those people who are stranded out there have is for you to gently run the ship back into the gap again. You mean ram the pier again? No, not ram it. Just sort of drift into it. Uh, I can see what you mean, but the outer half might collapse with the impact. Well, it's a chance, Captain. That's all. Collapse anyway soon. And all those people... They'd be goners. Our stern's fast on a sandbank. What? You mean... You mean you can't move this ship at all? Well, damn it, yes, I could try. I owe it to him for what's happened. Here we are. I got it. Good lad. Three tops of rum. <laughs> I uh, took one for myself, if you don't mind, sir. <laughs> After tonight, I'm converted teetotaler. Uh, you sup it quickly and ring half ahead, Mr. Hardy. Hey? You heard me, man. Half ahead. Helmsman! Swing the wheel hard from port to starboard until we clear. Aye, aye, sir. We could hit the pier again, sir. That's exactly what we are going to do, Mr. Harding. What? We're going to plug that hole we made. Get all the available hands to stand by on the starboard side to bring those people on board. Oh, I see what you mean. But it's a bit risky, sir. Hurry it up. Tell the chief stewards and cooks out to help as well. Aye, aye. Baker, Harris, go down and get hold of all the ropes you can. Thanks, Captain. No, don't thank me yet, boy. We're still fast on that blasted sandbag. Ah, what the hell? I'll try full ahead. Well, lad, that was a very brave thing you did there. Not one in a million would have risked it in a sea like that. I didn't give myself time to think about it, Captain. If I had, well, I don't know. All I could think about was Jenny. Jenny? Yes, my girl. Oh. I'd arranged to meet her and two friends in the pier... I was on my way to join them when I saw you ram it. He's coming clear, sir. Helmsman, straighten up! Hold the bow to that gap in the pier! Aye, aye, sir. Now, we'll move slow ahead and hope the current doesn't push us too hard. Ship's owners won't be very pleased about this. Oh, blast the ship's owners. Isn't a ship worth 50 lives or more? Yes, it is, laddie, and that's why I'm doing it. Now, you can go down on deck and see if you can land a hand. Everything's under control here. With 30 yards to go, I stopped engines and allowed the ship to drift for a minute. Then I saw she was being pushed too hard by the current, and I rang for the engines to go slow astern. It worked out exactly right. I saw the bow enter the gap very gently, followed almost immediately by a crunching sound as the keel found the submerged pier's foundations. We were wedged firmly into position. Stanley Perrin had been right. The starboard side of the bow fitted neatly against the wavering pier, but it was two feet lower. However, this proved to be an advantage to those who scrambled aboard. Jenny! Jenny! Oh, come on, help her, Sandy. I'm right, Sandy, I can manage. Jenny! Oh, Jenny, thank heavens. Oh, Dad! 
We can talk in a minute, Tula. Let me help get these others on board. Look, you go in through that door out of the weather. You go with her, Vera. I'm going to help Stan. It was a miracle, but every soul who'd been stranded was taken on board. And only just in time... of the last person getting clear, the outer portion of the pier lurched and then toppled sideways into the raging water. of a night out. You just drink your cocoa and stop being sarcastic. (laughs) Yes, it's ten o'clock, so I suppose you'll criticise me for being late, too. (laughs) No, I knew you'd turn up sooner or later, but not on a ship. (laughs) Oh, uh, where's Vera? Over there. Sandy's gone to her. Ah. She's having hysterics to attract his sympathies. Not very successfully, by the look of it. Well, I'll go over and see if I can help. Just you stay here, Stan Perrin. What? You've done enough helping for one night. High Adventure is produced by Henry Duffenthal. <laughs>